Welcome to a special edition series that we are calling Dad's Wisdom. Enjoy the wisdom and perspective that our senior peers in agriculture can bring. We will be running the series over the next several months, so if you know of a farmer with many years of experience that you feel would be a good fit for an interview, please let us know. Enjoy! Welcome to another episode of the AgView Pitch and the Dad's Wisdom Series. And today we're here with Gary Nelson, and uh, he farms in Fort Dodge, Iowa, Webster County. So we're here today. How's it going today, Gary? Real good. Beautiful day. Just waiting for it to dry up and start combining. Yeah, we're getting real close to harvest here. And so um, since it's wet out, I guess we can have a few minutes here to, to corner you and have a little conversation about uh, how you got started farming and give us a little wisdom on on some of the things you learned. You've had a, a interesting career over your lifetime and, and uh, excited to get going on that. So why don't you give us a little history on kind of how you got started uh, farming here in this location. Okay. Um, how I got started was um, uh, my grandfather farmed and um, I started with him. I was in uh, 12th grade and um, his, my uncle was farming before and needed to retire and step back a little bit. So uh, I was a city boy living in town with my mom and my stepdad in Altoona and went to Southeast Polk High School and had a great vocag FFA teacher and stuff and, and that. And so the the chance to take over the farm the first year I was able to rent 80 acres for my grandfather which was part of the ground that he had my uncle had the rest and um, so I um, actually uh, got out of my senior year of high school at half midterm and uh, been saving up a lot of money to as much as I could uh, working and uh, bought a tractor and got married and um, thought that's all I needed and uh, got me this far so what age were you so you were what 18 and you got married tell me a little bit about that yeah I was 18 like I said in the middle of my senior year and had a, a, a you know um, really hot girlfriend and now she's my hot wife <laughs> and, and stuff and um, we've we're completing our 46th year together of farming together and stuff and that so um, we just took off and had lots of big dreams and high hopes and and not a lot of money but um, here we are today so do I understand it right you guys got married and she still had two years of high school left is that right yes yeah, she did uh, it was very unusual her parents loved me which you know uh, to know me is to, you know, is uh, to love you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they said we could get married, and um, she took her 11th and 12th grade classes in one year. I mean, I registered her in high school at here because she was a Des Moines girl, and, um, and she rode the school bus part of the time, and she never went a full five days straight. She, uh, we always had one day that, you know, I just needed her around the house at home, so, um, and but uh, yeah we um, that first year was uh, different but um, you know we just um, it was awesome and really you know we we finished growing up together you guys must have been really mature at 18 and 16 to be able to to accomplish what you you did at those first couple of years just to kind of survive and to grow together and to mature together yeah we did um, the, the main thing is I had a house uh, that went with the farm and that was a big thing and stuff and so her parents agreed to it wanted her to finish high school and she did you know we honored that and uh, they were great uh, a part of our lives they never farmed or anything but just encouraging and stuff and, and, and stuff and um, you know being there um, in the good and the bad so two questions 
give me the time frame. So what year was that and how many acres were you farming as a senior just just graduated from high school? Yeah, um, uh, like I say, in January, it was 1973, and I had rented 80 acres. And, and I had saved up enough money to put a, a decent down payment on a tractor. Um, I bought a, a brand new tractor. It was a 1967 Minneapolis Moline, and I paid $7,500 for it. And I wow. had I had $2,000 to put down, you know, on it. And I started farming, and that's all that I had was a tractor. So how did you get the rest of the work done? Was it with with neighbors helping yeah. some, or? Yeah, I um did uh, custom and hydrus work for our elevator, um and so long hours there. And then two neighbors came in and and one brought his crustbuster over and I hooked onto it, and he brought his planter and then another guy spread my dry fertilizer for me. So we planted my crop in one day and then I went back to doing custom and hydrus for the elevator. Gotcha. So who really got you going then? You know, so your, your grandpa, but tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, my grandpa gave me the opportunity. That first year I had 80 acres and did a lot of custom work. And what's really um, bizarre right now, um, this same elevator is still here. It's really grown. But um, now um, my son and I own a company and we sell most of the anhydrous applicators to this elevator that they use that I worked for at and one you time. And got me started. Company. Yeah, new co-op from Fort Dodge. Okay. 36 okay. locations. And okay, and then you guys have a company as well. Yes, Brokaw Supply. Yep. And so we, they're a great customer, great relationship, but I just thought it's ironic here. I worked, you know, doing custom anhydrous for them with one of their bars, and now, you know, I own a company with my son that we sell anhydrous applicators to them. Yeah. So, that's awesome. That's great. So um, tell me a little bit more um, as time went on. So that kind of got you started. You're a couple of years into farming. Um, how are things going? Um, it was a great time in agriculture. I didn't know it at the time. I just thought it was always like that. Uh, my grandfather lived for two years. So he, um, I farmed with him 73 and 74, and then he passed away. And I thought I was pretty smart, but I was not. Mm -hmm. Two years later, um, I was in financial trouble. So within two years after his passing, I just never went out and found that mentor, that older person that was successful to get advice from. And like I said, I thought I was pretty smart, but I was not, I was mm -hmm. in trouble. So tell me about that. What 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 were the issues? That was 1977. Uh, it was a lot of mismanagement. I started out working very hard physically, but I didn't look at uh, pay much attention to management or grain marketing. I didn't pay any attention to grain marketing. No one had ever taught me. Just you know, took it the elevator and sold it and paid bills and stuff. And also, I did get in with a very liberal banker. Uh, I can remember going in wanting to borrow to buy a used plow. He says, "Just go buy a new one," and I did. And um, in those days, things were booming, inflation was high, you know, and I had a great credit rating uh, before that and um, just borrowed too much money, which was too easy to do. And then, so as that's going on, um, what what was the what was the conversation like? I mean, what where did how did you decide to, to keep farming? How did you keep farming working through that? Yeah, um, we hit bottom in 1977. Um, I did have my second child born then. Um, we had two children yes, at that time. Then we had two. We we have a total of three. Okay. But our um, daughter came along in, in that fall, and I can honestly say, you know, we were so so poor. 
I couldn't buy her a dress and for till she was a year old, you know. Um, she dressed like a boy because our first child was a boy, you know, and, and at that age they don't really care. But just, you know, how tight money was. We we thought about bankruptcy, but not very long. Just, you know, I felt we could work out of it. And I had a when I sold all the stuff that I couldn't afford and regrouped and um, got rid of, you know, stuff I couldn't afford and ground that wasn't profitable. Uh, we had a negative net worth, and you try and go to a bank with a negative net worth, and they won't, they won't even talk to you. Yeah. So, so how how did they allow you to not take bankruptcy? Okay. Um, we applied for with FHA and, and stuff, and um, they, you know, we had to go before the committee, and they just bluntly asked, "Why do you want to keep farming?" You know, and um, we could cash flow pulling out and then um i did have my grandmother loaned me enough money to an unsecured loan to my net worth was zero you know on mm. paper i'll say unsecured so we could uh, obtain an operating loan and stuff and we did um i probably had a negative net worth for three years you know and uh, and back then just you know things crashed you know how cycles go i started in a great cycle thought it was always like that and didn't know any better that one heck of a lesson, didn't you? Yeah, it, that was my college education. I, I, you know, I should have gone to college, but I had the chance to farm, and I took it. It wouldn't have been there after college, you know. All lessons are expensive, even college, even yeah. even the real world, right? Yeah, we paid for that. And then there are just different things, like my fuel man. Um, in the fall of '77, you know, the bank kind of just came in and took all of our crops we had, and and I couldn't pay all my bills. I can remember my my fuel man. I owed him money and he had a truck stop and I said can I work it off you know and so I went in and worked my bill off with him and stuff and, and it was great people um you know appreciated he had to sign off that he wouldn't sue me or anything and give me time to pay it off and and I paid it off and and we were great friends for many years that's awesome um one other thing too that you know I've had an opportunity to talk to Dave your son um, and like I said, you have two daughters as well. Um, Dave and I have talked a little bit, and he sent us some great information that was in the intro to this um, podcast. And one thing that I think is very important for a lot of us when we're going through these challenges is faith. And I think that's something that that you uh, found. Um, can you talk a little bit about your faith and maybe how that kind of really helped you through stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, after our, our financial crash, you know, I, I went into a deep depression and stuff and, and blaming myself and stuff, but just, um, knew that, you know, my grandma, my grandfather helped me start farming. And then when I crashed and, and, uh, my grandmother then helped me. And at that time, um, you know, we, um, just you know got our marriage back together because it was very hard we had a lot of pressure and and disagreements and stuff and 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 that and then i started going out and getting um older area farmers and asking their advice and stuff and i thought you could ask your banker but like i said i had a bad experience with a banker um in fact my banker this banker went to prison for some of the stuff he did not with me but other people just it wasn't a good good relationship yeah. So, um, but again, on the faith part, back to that for just a second, and then we'll get back to the lender part. But um, as that, as you, you know, stepped into faith, how did that 
kind of help you through it then. Yeah. On that, on that um, my wife had grown up in a strong Christian home. And then when I was dating her, I realized that I could spend more time with her by going to church and Sunday school and youth group with her. <laughs> you had that you know, figured so, out. Yes, I did and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, it just um, came down to, uh, you know, you uh, realize, okay, just in, when you come to a, a crisis in your life, you know, uh, just how serious your relationship with the Lord is and stuff. And and right. um, I had uh, a tough time uh, period there and stuff. And just, um, you know, I wasn't going to let my family down. And sure wasn't going to let my grandmother down. And, and, you know, we worked hard to repay that unsecured debt. And can you imagine farming three years with a negative net worth? And then, you know, paying her off was a great thing. And then building from there. Yeah, faith is a pretty big building yeah, block to get through that. A farmer's got to have faith because, I mean, look at the money you take and, and put it out there, and there's no guarantee of return. Exactly. So back to the banking thing then for a second. You brought that up. Um, you know, you said you got advice from farmers, and I and I guess we see that as a, as a huge trend in today's world is, you know, you can get advice from with all due respect to lenders, you can get advice from the lenders or you can get advice from your peers, but your right. peers are living in the same world, right? They are. Bankers need to get money out there. You know, they, they're they salesmen. Um, I'll make a statement right now. It's easier to get into financial trouble because back then you would want to borrow to buy a piece of equipment. You'd go to your banker and do a cash flow where now you usually finance with your dealer and stuff. No cash flow, just your credit score. And so I feel it's easier now to get in financial trouble. But uh, back then, you know, I did it and uh, just the banker was way too liberal. And I went with FHA and I can remember my first cash flow projection. I had a crust buster with five broken teeth and I had those five broken teeth and one spare in my cash flow projection, probably $25, you know, just how tight my cash flow projection was, you know, and, and we went into some tough times there, but I got my financial affairs in order in the 70s, which I'm saying I got rid of some machinery I didn't need that I couldn't afford. And um, when the 80s hit, I was already um, lean and, and mean. And then in the 80s, I watched a lot of my neighbors hit bottom, you know, and stuff where, and they had to sell off stuff that sold terrible price, you know. Mm -hmm. So I um, cleaned, pro cleaned house at a good time when stuff was selling. Yeah, and I remember um, mm -hmm. the tractor that I purchased when I was couldn't afford the nice new stuff. Uh, half the time you had to pull it to start it, and and then we had a brand new uh, Chevy Blazer, and and I sold that and bought a, you know, a really rough little car, but paid cash for it and stuff. And we learned a lot. And then we were with FHA until they told us to leave. And I got up enough nerve to ask them if they'd ever helped anybody any worse than me. And they said, no, I was the worst they'd ever helped wow. and, and stuff. And so what a compliment it was. You know, And, and they were great to work with. Um, they were, if I went into an implement dealer and bought something and wrote a check for parts, um, it had to, the, the check had to be co-signed. So the, the business had to send it to FHA, get their signature and, and send it back. You know, that's pretty humbling to go in and write a check and say, we well, got to send this to FHA and then they'll sign it and you can, they'll send it back to you. But just a lot of, uh, they were strong and doing your homework and stuff and making you a manager. Yeah. And I imagine that taught you a ton along yes. the way. So, um, keep marching forward in time then tell us kind of from there, then how did you start, you know, once you kind of started getting, things built back up again. Um, tell, tell us a little bit more about um, how things went from there. 
Yeah, um, we you know have three children, and, and our son Dave graduated in 1993. Went to Iowa State. Um, we were living over by the Land O'Lakes Answer Farm, and it was great watching him go over there and start working. He realized if he went over there, he could do stuff and get paid for it. Where, where was that again? No. Um, the Land O'Lakes Answer Farm was okay. over um, east of Fort Dodge. And it was a great place. Um, it was a research farm. They were doing research in seed, chemical, feed, animal health, and stuff. And um, just awesome place to work. Um, both me and my wife worked there part time, and all of our kids worked there. And just a great uh, environment. A lot of uh, PhD people out there, with their doctorates and stuff in in different areas. And and we got to be friends with them. And David got to be friends with them. And you know asked advice on how for him to go to college you know should you go to a right to Iowa State or go local to a you know to a community college and stuff and David went right to Iowa State and Dave was gone 10 years so in the meantime I've always worked off the farm I used to do carpenter work and and the gentleman I worked for had to retire and so then I tried doing that myself and a lot of shingling and they're just hard work and so then I um, got my real estate license and I did that two years and just um, when I leave the farm I want to get paid and with real estate you do a lot of running for nothing so then I um, went to school and became a real estate appraiser and when you go to work you get paid and then um, that taught me a lot um, on uh, you know finance and stuff because you work with lenders I believe it was in 1986 that uh, the housing crisis happened and at that time all the appraisers <coughs> were working for banks and they weren't all taking the same classes and, and just it wasn't regulated properly and stuff and and so um, appraisals were all over the board and so at that time they made appraisers leave the banks to be independently um, you know business people and not you know working on commission or anything and, and stuff so learned a lot and that was my um, best you know area as far as I just really excelled at it, it was a job that I really liked so as you were going through all this and and raising the kids and everything working off the farm yeah, yeah. Um, you were doing some custom work at some point along the way is that true a, too a little bit yeah just um, mainly you know taking care of my crops first and and then uh, working off the farm to help with the cash flow you know and with grain farming in Iowa you know you've got all winter and stuff mm -hmm. you know you can um, be able to pick up some different jobs in the middle of the summer too so mm -hmm. um, so you've You've done a pretty phenomenal job, learned some pretty major lessons as you grew up. Um, we're going to come back to the time here that we're at right now. We'll pause for a second, and I want to I want to rewind a little bit and ask you the question of if you were back to give yourself advice, your, you know, maybe not your 19-year-old self because you did learn some lessons there, but as you were, were rebuilding the farm, you know what lessons if you know to the listeners that are out there the young farmers and the dads and stuff what lessons did you learn or what several things would you give advice to um, from a wisdom perspective yeah you know the first two years I farmed I asked my grandfather a lot, of, <coughs> a lot of questions and it went well and I learned a lot and did well but two years was not enough you know and when he passed away like I said I I don't want to say I was a know-it-all but I thought I was pretty smart and I was not. Um, my goal changed in 1977. My goal was to be an average farmer but a good manager and so I started paying attention to marketing 
and um, I'd recommend that to anybody. You know, any young guy out there, you know, you can still get out there and do it. You know, I started, I was a city kid basically and had the dream and wanted to farm and had the chance and, you know, rented 80 acres with just a tractor. And um, and here today, you know, we're farming with our son. You know, our son was gone for 10 years and then wanted to come back. And, and um, so we, um, you know, did some purchases together and stuff and brought him in and now he's coming in more but for a young person just watch how much you borrow um i do a lot of reading currently most bankers will say 60 percent of their operations are profitable 40 percent are not profitable and those 40 percent are consistently not profitable mm-hmm. and that's not a good situation you can lose money once in a while for a good reason but you cannot do it consistently continually uh, nobody will want to you're gonna um, drown you know so you need to take if you see something that's not working out you need to mm-hmm. you know get out the um, uh, the pencil or whatever and make tough decisions that and change your course because it's not it's not going to continue you know and and you you need to face it and address it before your banker does I'd hate to be a banker today, an egg banker, because like I say, right now people go out and then they come in at the end of the year and do their net worth statement, and the banker finds out then what all they they trade machinery and stuff. Where back 40 years ago, you you did all your work with the bank and stuff. So it's it's all in management, you know. Um, just get the tools you need, and um, I believe FHA has started a program with. They're pairing mentors, older retired farmers with young guys and stuff, and it's very much needed, very much needed. If the young person doesn't have a, a solid sounding board, you know, to ask for advice. So watch how much you spend, have a, have a, how much you borrow, yeah. um, watch, uh, pay attention to what some of your peers are telling you, yeah. learn from, from some of the older producers in the area, and, and um, so that's all good advice is there anything else that you can think of you know um that some of the operations that either are making some money or the ones that sit there maybe that 40 percent and saying well we're doing all we can do you know one thing common theme that we see a lot of times with operations is and you've said this the whole way through is that you were working off the farm yeah. almost all the time. And you guys have also an alternate business off the farm right now too. So talk to that a little bit about the importance of, you know, the farm needs to function on its own, but on those years when it's really lean or you're in a trough, that's kind of what keeps you in business, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Um, grain farming in Iowa, you know, we don't we tried livestock one time we didn't have the facilities and just we're just not livestock people so we've always walked worked off the farm i'll challenge a lot of young people i don't think they have a grasp on what their cost of living what they spend on their cost of living i know when uh, we lost all that money um i shared you know my oldest daughter i couldn't buy her a dress until she was a year old but all we did when our kids was little was spend time with them. I can remember we wanted to take them to the state fair and um, Adventureland, and me and David picked up pop cans to go to the state fair. Mm. You know, and we just spent time with our family. Yeah, now that's that's critical. That's that's an amazing story. Um, what else? What other um, things would you recommend? So you know, 
um, we've talked about dealing with the money. We've talked about faith. Um, we've talked about the lenders and all the challenges. Um, talk a little bit about you know transition because you know you're getting the point where you're going to slow down a little bit. Um, but at the same time, you're still going to be involved and, and you work side by side with your son, with Dave. Um, talk a little bit about how, when you started thinking about transition and, and what your uh, definition of transition is. Yeah. It's never easy to think about transitioning. We're f- completing our 46th year. Our farm w- was started by my great-grandfather in 1889, which is 130 years. And, um, you know, so I've farmed run the farming operation for 46 of those 130 years. And, um, you know, I feel very fortunate to have a son as qualified as Dave. And it's very tough um, if you don't, you know, um, have that next generation to turn things over to. You know, it, it, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And you just got to have some tough conversations. And, and, and that's like for a young person, their wife needs to be on board for all this too. Because there's some tough times where, you know, we could have been working in town and just, you know, regular cash flow and and uh, not near the money problems, I'll say. But our both of our love and our dream was farming together. And my wife has worked off the farm at times. And even um, probably five years ago, I mean, she had a job. She was a, uh, went to school and she used to work for Land O'Lakes and was a, had a job in seed um, selection for seed beans up at the for Land O'Lakes and um, they were cutting back and she lost her job so she went to college uh, for two years and got a CMA degree and was working in doctor's offices I mean she'd dress up every day and never come home dirty and here mm-hmm. come home to us and and probably five years ago we begged her to come home and she didn't hesitate at all and quit her job came home and you know work and working with uh, you know me and our son right now yeah, and she's very involved in the farm to the point where she's, she does about all the same stuff you guys do? Yeah, she does. Um, she she controls five checkbooks, you know, and uh, always asking us tough questions. You know, like, what, what what's this What do you spend that for? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's easy to spend money now, but, you know, when you know you're going to explain it and answer for it, you know, it's just a different thing and, and stuff. And, and just a very qualified person. Um, I used to joke that... Um, are me and our one our oldest daughter are the only two normal people in our family but now she's got her doctorate degree and she's a principal of a school you know a christian school and so now you know i'm the only normal one in our family <laughs> this you know um my wife is a strong personality and and our kids you know uh i've just taken you know the best of both worlds i'll say and, and run with it so the joke is i'm the only normal one in our family but. that's awesome so Let's transition into maybe the last kind of part that I want to touch on, and that's, you know, since about 2008, um, we saw another cycle in ag, right? You know, we saw a pretty big one in 2012. Prices got really high, and during that time frame, you guys have um, uh, grown, broke off supply, that business. Tell us a little bit about um, your your travel through that time yeah. frame of that that up and that down that we've seen and um, kind of how does how does broke out supply um, fit into that? Yeah. Um, David was wanting to come home and start farming and I'm going okay you're gonna have to work and help make it happen because I was too young to retire and bring him in. Uh, I was 
farm on probably a thousand acres and, and being a real estate appraiser where I could come and go when it's spring and fall, I would leave that job and, and, and stuff. And um, a friend of ours from our church was saying that, hey, Brokaw Supply is for sale and, and David never heard of it. And, and so then told him again. And so he checked <clears> into it and it was just a small um, uh, implement business that sells fertilizer application equipment. Started in 1957 and an investor bought it as Mr. Brokaw was passing and had it for, I believe, four years or so and just didn't know what to do with it and just kept it the same. And and um, so it was a challenge and David took a job with them as uh, their sales manager. And, and when David went to Iowa State and then he was gone, um, he worked for Monsanto uh, and then um, Z- Caterpillar and he was in sales and he set sales records wherever he went. And um, so if you can do that and work for yourself, it's a win-win situation. And so he asked me if I wanted to be a partner with him, and he could have asked anybody. So I jumped at it, and it was 2008, and so we bought Brokaw Supply, and um, David ran it. Uh, Is that a 50-50 yeah, purchase? Yeah, we owned it 50-50 and, and stuff, and, and and he ran it, and you know received a salary and stuff to, to live on in that. And it was a great timing um, in the economy-wise. And, and you know we're farmers, and so it's great. We sell, we do a lot of business with co-ops and other farmers and stuff. And so we, we know what we're, you know, dealing with and stuff. And it just boomed. It went from a small company, um, you know, it just really grew good timing and stuff. And um, and we've gone on to, we merged with another company. We opened a store in Redwood Falls, Minnesota, and then we merged with uh, another group of three gentlemen, uh, my son, David's age, awesome young men. We've been together four years now, and uh, we own quite a little bit of stuff, and, and it's called Ag Solutions Group. We own, um, it'd be, well, in fact, since then we bought a Kubota dealership in Omaha, and then we have an online mm-hmm. parts store, and uh, we have a, a store in Marshall, Missouri, and then Concordia, Missouri, too. And then our one in Minnesota sells Polaris now, along with fertilizer application equipment. So we're diverse, and and um, uh, it just works out real well. And you know, we know agriculture, and it's it's funny all the technology that's the boom that's gone on the last six, eight, ten years. Um, David's always on top of that, so we're always having the latest, greatest. He brings it home and you know tries it out and stuff. And we've had a couple times where something was brought out, it wasn't quite ready and, and it had to be tweaked, and then it came to market. So um, it's been a, a good situation. You know, we we see stuff that's coming down the line sometimes before anybody else and get to try it, and it, it's awesome. That's great. And and uh, again, just the benefits of having that sideline business on the farm that kind of makes the farm able to work and so where's the farm at today you know what's the plan with you slowing down uh and and dave coming in a little bit more um how's he getting how's he doing all that how's he getting the work done at brokaw and you know with all the new business ventures and stuff so how how is he getting all that done and coming home and farming so so start with the, how many acres are are you running, and then how's what's what's the plan there to keep getting all that work done? Yeah, we're at 4,700 acres, 
And the last five years, David has um, stepped down, spring and harvest, and then right afterwards, back to Brokaw. And now um, we're hiring a um, general manager for the Brokaw store and taking David's position. And David's going to work there there in the wintertime only in some different positions and stuff. So uh, my plans are uh, next year I'm going to commit to um, planting and harvesting and we'll be bouncing in and out. And it's a way of slowing down and transitioning, just watching a lot of people that don't do anything and, and then going to travel after they retire and something happens, they don't get to do that. So we're mm-hmm. starting to travel more. And uh, David's excited about it. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's his turn. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've been farming since I was 18. And um, he's very capable, you know, and, and just very fortunate to have him around. And and um, we're looking forward to it. And, and uh, he does not want us to retire. Um, that's like when David asked to start coming in with us. A lot of times, I, I watch a lot of people. A lot of times, first thing the son does is put a chrome smoke sack on the tractor. Yeah. And, and just, that's so cosmetic. But David's first thing was, he wanted to get the planter ready for spring. And I'm going, well, I suppose you could. you know. So I needed a playhouse for our grandkids. So my wife and I built a playhouse. And I always watched Dave getting the planter ready. That was his first thing. He loves precision and preciseness and stuff. And, and we have way more... Um, precision um, agriculture than what I would have if I was by myself, you know, and stuff. And uh, but he loves it, and and we sell it, and we got to know the ins and outs and how it works, and so it works well. So that's the synergy and the magic between the the business that you have on the side and the farming operation. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's awesome. So any anything else that that you can think of? You know, we've talked about a lot of stuff here. Um, you know, everything from faith to the farming to the financials. And, um, you know, so if you were to, again, you know, throw some advice out there and, and bring some of that wisdom forward to these young listeners and even these dads out there, you know, um, what's the advice for, for each of them as, as we kind of wrap this up? Yeah. For the uh, young, the sons out there, you know, um, understand where your dad's coming from. When we shares shares something you know, watch because, you know, how did he learn and get to where he was at today, you know, and stuff. Uh, you know, David is a self-made man. Some of the sons out there are just glorified hired men. And, and David's come in and and uh, with management skills that that are awesome. But you've allowed him to do that, too. Yes, I, yes, I have. And, and, and encouraged him, too. And, and I just offered quite a while back to just go and do real estate appraisal full-time, let him take over the farm. But, you know, um, he didn't want to do that. He wants to farm with us and stuff. And so we've grown the farm together uh, and that to get it to where it's at today. I, um, You know, we went to a few different farm managers we work with and, and just increased acres and stuff, and they've seen the capability. But for a young person out there, spend time with your kids. You know, work hard spring and fall, but then step back and... Um, Spend time with your your family. Uh, I see too many young people, you know, putting in crazy hours, and then their marriage is gone, and, and mm-hmm. they're by themselves. And just you know, it's all for you know nothing and stuff. And for the for the older guys, you know, I've been um, grooming, I'll say, Dave to take over for a long time, and and uh, it's just exciting to see him, you know, up and and make wise decisions and stuff. And you got to turn things over slowly. Um, I'm still going to do the marketing, 
um, and stuff. And David's been doing uh, work with options and stuff and, and that. And he's done real well. So the last thing that I'll turn over is the, the marketing. And, and he'll be ready. He's got a degree in agronomy, loves the, the challenge of matching the seed and fertilizer to the right soil and stuff, and just does a great job um, at that. And he's very organized. I'm not an organized person. We, we complement each other when we work together. He's organized, I'm not, and um, he put us together, and, and it, it works very well. That yeah, makes a good team, and, and uh, so I guess any, any final thoughts? No, just for the young person, you know, you got to have the dream and the sparkle in your eye and, and go after it, you know. Ask advice. Um, you know, there's nobody that's a know-it-all out there and stuff and, and gather from several different sources. We have some awesome people working with us from our accountant uh, in, in different areas. It's been great um, working with him to bring David in. And, and you just got to do things legal, too. Um <coughs> You know, and you got to have operating procedures and stuff, and and you got to have things in writing. It just helps everybody's memory and, and stuff. And uh, you know, do it legally protects both sides. And even though you're transitioning, that's something that you can do. It's a process. Yes. Yeah. And you can still wear whatever hats that you you know bring to the operation that yeah. are the strongest. Yeah. Kind of, for example, yeah. with you guys, it's like the marketing for yeah. you and. And uh, and being here in the spring and fall, so right, right. so well, we really appreciate this. This has been an awesome yeah, conversation. Um, I can't think of anything else, I guess, off the cuff right now. But we will we'll call you back up again if okay. we if we need some more wisdom yeah, down the road. <laughs> Anxious to you know see how it turns out, and and just I'm I'm an encourager, you know, and um, you know just get out there and do your hardest, and and um, it'll work. Yeah, I like the message. You know, it's it's faith, family, and farming, and yes, it's it it's yes, yeah. that's awesome message. So, well, thank you very much, and uh, we will um, be back to everybody again here. And that is it for today's uh, Dad's Wisdom and the AgView Pitch, and we will catch you next time. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Dad's Wisdom. Please make sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, and for any questions or ideas that you would like discussed, please email us at cbaron at eggviewsolutions.com. Have a great day.